0: This is a baby brunch podcast. That sounds good, ladies and ladies and gentlemen. A warm welcome to each and every one of you. Welcome to Elana Africa's Parents and Baby Brunch, supported by FedHealth, also supported by Epimax and Jackaranda FM. I look at this and I realize what a privilege. And I tell you why I realise that it's such a privilege in this women's month to get together like this and to be surrounded by mothers and parents and fathers and people. And I tell you why, because there's a lot of messages that I got this week that speaks about how we need to look after ourselves. This is not a function for our children. It's a function for you. It's for our parents. It's to celebrate you it's to celebrate the fact that we have so much in common it's to celebrate the fact that as ngos as parents we give back and we do so much for everybody else but you have to look and go what am i doing for myself so today is all about you a warm welcome to every sponsor friend of the brand to every mom and dad and sister and brother and winners of Jacaranda FM that's attending everyone who's purchased the tickets to our small babies in the room. You are so welcome. You are welcome. We love you so much. What a safe space. I want to introduce you to the coolest women. Okay. There's many of you. Liz is an important part of many of our lives. And I'll tell you how many, many years ago, there was an occupational therapist who grew up in this exact area of Irene and her parents did something really cool. They didn't have cell phones and they taught her how to play. That's all they did. Taught her how to play. So they put their cell phones down because when Liz was born, they weren't cell phones. But when we are around, we have cell phones, right? So we can put it away for an hour and spend time with our children so that they can feel noticed. And I remember my baby was about three months old. Essie started sitting when she was very small. She was already sitting and I thought to myself, all I know is how to speak for a living. How on earth do I play with my baby? How? How do I play with my baby that's differently abled? Because he's there and he's cute and he's noticing. And in Walks Camber Club, and I'll never forget, I started with... Michelle Littlejohn's at that stage. And then after that, I started with a lady called Sally. Sally's like my hero, okay? So they're based nationally. And I started learning how to play with my baby. But also, from there, I did what has said. Connect with other moms. Sign up, sign up, sign up. I started signing up with these girls. We're on a WhatsApp group. And we've had this WhatsApp group for four years now where we just talk and give advice. And it's all because of Liz and Clamber Club and introducing us to Jock the Frog, ka-ding, ka-ding, ding ding. And it's something that she started. And Liz, for me, is a motivation because she is a mom who had to change direction and career. Liz is also a mom that was a mother, a stepmother first, and then a mother. And then she started a business. So for all of us that are wondering, what am I going to do after the baby? Am I going back to work? I want you to go and listen to Liz's podcast, which is live on babybranch.co.za. We have an extensive talk with Liz as to what she needed to do to go back to work. So go and listen to that podcast if that is a question that you're wondering about. And Liz is talking about different play with baby at the different ages. And there is some examples and also some giveaways. So ladies and ladies and babies in the room, please put your hands together for
1: It's Liz Senior! Well, I'm so excited to be here. Thank you, Ilana, for having me. So, today we're going to be talking a bit about stimulate your baby. I'm an occupational therapist and, of course, a mum. I'm passionate about child development. And this passion for early stimulation and the, the impact that it has on the developing brain led me 29 years ago to develop Clamber Club. And Clamber Club is a program that offers a whole variety of different classes, and we franchise the business. We've got 65 franchises countrywide. Um, We run baby classes for mums and and babies where they come and learn how to stimulate their baby. But also, as Ilana said, is also to get to know other parents and to share ideas and to feel that you're connected with other mums. We also run toddler classes. We do sports classes for schools. We do birthday party entertainment for children, so we bring obstacle courses to people's homes. And all our different franchisees are, I would say, 95% of them are mums. And the reason I wanted to franchise it was the Clamber Club gave me the opportunity as a mum. I was working as an OT in a private practice and it meant that I had to do a lot of afternoon work. and I wanted to be with my children. And so I started developing this program and it grew into this incredible little business. And um, I wanted other mums to be able to do that too. And so the franchising network is really for mums who want to have that flexibility and have time with their children, but also learn about their own children and their own children's development. And then we've also got a play school uh, franchise. We've got one in Clarksdorp. And then we also sell Clamber Club products. So. About four years ago, I uh, met with this most incredible occupational therapist. Her name is Kate Bailey. And um, we decided to put a series of DVDs together called Stimulate Your Baby. And that really is to, uh, with each age group, 0 to 3, 3 to 6, 6 to 9, and 9 to 12 month olds, we decided that we were going to give all the tips that we could possibly do that had all of our experience combined in it to help mums to learn to stimulate their babies. What is it all about in the first year? In those DVDs, we've got five different sections for every age group. We've got um, hearing and talking, seeing and looking, touching and holding, movement, etc. cetera. Um, and each of those focuses on what you can expect with your baby at that age, and then all the activities that you can do to help your baby in that t- stage as well. And you can download the DVDs, you can buy them online, or you can also just buy them um, in Baby City stores. But the first year of baby's development is known as the sensory motor period of development. Sensory being, who knows what the senses are? Seeing, tasting, hearing, smelling, touching, moving. That's what those senses are. So it's known as the sensory motor stage of development. So how do we learn? We learn through our senses and we learn through movement. What are the senses? There we go, we've got the visual, so we need to be able to see things, so our eyes need to be able to work, they need to be able to focus, they need to be able to visually track, they need to be able to follow moving objects, but they also need to be able to understand what they're seeing. The same with the ears, we need to be able to hear loud sounds, soft sounds. We need to be able to understand what we're hearing. The sense of touch is really important for us to discriminate, And it's also really important for us to learn how to um, feel safe and protected and warm and loved. And that's through massage. Movement is one of our hidden senses. So that's a sense that many of us don't really know about. And that is a, a sense that's called the vestibular sense, and that's situated in the inner ear. So if you tip your head upside down, or if you spin around... That is your vestibular sense telling you where you are in space and what you're doing. So that movement sense is also a very critical part of development. And I'm just watching the mum over there holding her baby and feeding, and she's gently rocking her baby from side to side. Now, the vestibular sense can either alert or hype you up or it can also help to calm you down. So when you're doing a linear movement like she's doing, there, holding her baby and rocking like this, it's a linear movement and it's very calming. And we naturally do that with our babies. We naturally know that those movements are calming. I don't know if you've ever found yourself in a shopping center with your baby with a trolley and you're doing, and oh, I forgot, it's actually the trolley, not the pram. Um, (laughs) Because your natural reaction is to do that with a pram, that linear movement calms your baby down. And then dad gets home after a long day at work and you've just calmed the kids down. um, Or the other way around, dad's calmed the kids down and mom gets back from work. And you haven't seen baby all day and you bounce them around and throw them up and spin them around. And what does that do? That wakes baby up and alerts baby. So all that hard work of trying to calm baby down just before bedtime has gone flat. (laughs) So that's the vestibular sense. I'm not really going to go into smell and taste because that's um, what babies tend to learn on their own. And then most of development is the ability to use our muscles and use our bodies and, so that we can learn. We have to learn how to control our muscles. And you can see with newborn babies, they don't even know how to lift their heads up yet. So that is a big step that they have to do. Recent research from the the developing child, university, Harvard University, they've done some recent research and they've got an incredible website, so do go and have a look at it. It's called the Center of the Developing Child at Harvard University. That center has brought out a whole new concept called serve and return. And so the belief these days is not just stimulate my baby, hang something in front of them, put a mobile up, put some music on. It's actually much deeper than that. It's all about the connection you make with your baby or toddler when you're doing that stimulating activity. So the stimulation activity is actually the the method or the tool that you're using to connect and communicate with your baby. So what it says here is not what parents do to their babies, but how they interact with their babies while doing it that counts. So it's that back-and-forth Interaction that you have with your baby that's going to really be helping them understand their world. The serve and return thing is like a game of tennis. So you take the ball and you serve a, a ball out. So that's your serve. And the person on the other side gets their tennis racket ready and they return it. So you've got the serve, return, serve, return. And that's what that communication is about. You don't just sort of serve, serve, serve to your baby and you don't listen to what your baby's talking to you about. Or how your baby's reacting, or what your baby's observing. So it's serve. You could, for example, say ba to your baby. And then your baby looks at you and you wait for a response, and he goes ba back. And then you go back again ba ba ba. And baby goes ba ba ba. That's the serve and return. And there's a whole lot of ways that you can do it with all the different senses using that. So I want you, when you're watching the videos, have a look at the moms and the parents that are in these videos and how they practice that serve and return activity. These are some of the top tips that um, the Harvard University recommend when you are practicing serve and return with your child. Number one is observe. So notice how your baby is reacting to you or what your baby is looking at. For example, just something as simple as Uh, Your baby's sitting on your lap and he's gazing out at something that's moving, for example, the leaves in the tree. You're observing what your baby's looking at because your baby's actually eliciting a serve. He's looking at something. So you do a return by, oh, you've just seen the trees. Yes, those are the trees. Those are the leaves. So there you get your serve and return. Baby looks again. Serve. So observing, and you can't observe if you're permanently on your cell phone. So if you're on your phone all the time, you're not going to notice all these tiny little things like gestures and facial expressions and sounds and movements that your baby makes. The other one is imitate and copy. That's wonderful with, when you use your voice, and you'll see some of that, I think, on one of our videos. But the same, especially with sounds, it's wonderful. Or if your baby's in the stage of shaking and banging, if they bang, you bang as well. If they shake something, you shake it as well. And it helps to reinforce their movement and encourages them to practice it. And that works especially well with sound. Um, so if baby is starting to say the ba 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 sound, um, baby goes ba 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 ba. Mom goes back again ba 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 ba. Watch and wait for baby to respond. So often we want to try and rush things and show them thousands of different activities. But sometimes it's better just to take one little item at a time and shake a little shaker box, which you'll see on the video, and wait for the baby to respond before you do anything else. And then follow your baby's lead. So also look at what your baby's interested in. They're little individuals on their own. They might not be interested in what you're wanting to show them. So that is also a very important part of harnessing your baby's natural interests because that is what they're going to be sharing with you. Let's start with the first three months. So from birth, babies are only just starting to learn all about their world. And this is the time of regulation. And in the first two months, don't stress too much about having to stimulate your baby. The best stimulation for your baby is gazing into your baby's eyes, making connections with your babies, regulating their rhythms, tuning into your baby's likes and dislikes, and helping them to get to know their world. At this stage, is all about regulation, attachment, and bonding. Young babies, they need to be held, they need to be cuddled, their needs need to be met, and they just need to be looked after. They don't need anything else. Apart from your love, of course. At this stage, they're learning to organise sensations, to control their head and their body. So, if you notice, with your little two-month-old, their just their heads are starting to bob, and they're starting to get a bit of head control. The sleep cycle, sleeping, um, sleeping and awake cycles are starting to develop. We're starting to learn what overwhelms and what calms our babies, and every baby is different. So, your first child might be calmed in this way, but your other child might be calmed in another way. Some babies love to be swaddled nice and tightly to calm them down, and other babies want to be completely free. So, not every baby is exactly the same, but they need to have a routine and just organize and consistent caregiving, because that is the bonding stage of development. It's a very, very important part of bonding. It's your baby's first intimate relationship that he's ever gonna have with anyone. So let's look at the stimulation side. And you sort of think to yourself, what can you do with a nought to three-month-old to stimulate them? Well, the first thing that babies absolutely love is faces, especially your face. They love mom and dad's face the most. So do lots of looking into baby's eyes, pulling faces, facial expressions, imitating and copying your baby's facial expressions. When he's pulling a face, making those funny little faces that newborns do, pull that face back to him. And you'll see that they're very attracted to faces, even drawn faces or photographs of faces. So um, you can put a toy with a nice bold face for baby to look at, but mostly look into your baby's face and make sure that they look back at you. The other thing is your environment. Babies love contrast. So at this age, their color receptors aren't fully developed. So they like bold contrasting colors, like reds, blacks, and whites. So, and that's only in the first two, two months. From about three months onwards, you can go into all the other colors as well. Um, but things in your environment, things like lying your baby under a tree to look at the wind and the leaves. Um, looking around your home to look for pictures, for example, that have got strong contrasting colors, Um, taking your baby on a tour around your house or wherever you are and showing them things that have got strong contrasts. Mobiles are absolutely wonderful at this age. Definitely not over the cot because that is a time where you don't want baby to be stimulated. You want your baby to sleep. So mobiles should really be hung over the changing table. And and you can also make your own mobiles, little stands, which I'll show you in one of the videos. But mobiles can be large, and it's quite nice if they've got a little bit of noise to them because that also attracts your baby's attention and increases that sensory stimulation. Mobiles also don't have to be bought mobiles that you buy in a toy shop. Mobiles can be anything from colander that you've got from your kitchen um, that you've hung up. You can have a sieve. You can have a beautiful glove. You can have a scarf that moves differently. You can hang anything up. And what they've done in research is that they found that if it's the same thing hanging there all the time, baby's brain stops noticing it. So it's just like if you walk into a house and that furniture's been in the same place forever, you stop noticing where it is. It's the same with a mobile. If a baby sees something different every few days, there's more brain activity. And it doesn't have to be something expensive. Eye targets help babies to learn to focus, and the secret for this is to do one at a time. These you can make out of paper plates with little targets on them, and you'll see a few of our ideas in the video as well for babies to look at. At this stage, for the first two months, babies are not able to control their eye movements, and so we rather give them things to look at as a target. But then they start, towards the end of the second month, they start moving their eyes. And so you can start moving your head for baby to follow. And then you'll see in, one of the, uh, in the video a little hand glove for baby to follow. But notice that the mums give their babies time to react to it. So just some tips with our nought to three-month-olds. Playfulness. Your baby wants to know that you love being with him, that you, that you enjoy his, his company. So make sure that it's also playful. Only introduce one toy at a time. Babies are very sensitive at this age, and you don't want to overstimulate that nervous system. Make sure that when you're stimulating your baby, they're in the quiet alert phase. That quiet alert phase is when your baby has been fed, has eaten, is calm, and is in an alert state of mind. That's the best time to stimulate your baby. Don't, when your baby's crying, start shaking something in his ear or rattling something in front of his face That is a time when you're going to withdraw the sensory stimulation and be quiet and just do rocking, calming movements. So quiet alert is when your baby is in a good mood. And then also recognize when your baby's had enough. In a young baby, sometimes they can only handle a minute. And that's fine. You don't have to keep on and on and on for five minutes because you think it's good for your baby. If they're turning their eyes away, if they're feeling a little bit grumpy, if they're niggly, well, you know what, they've had enough. And then, of course, as I said, keep the sleeping area clear because that is not a stimulation area. That's the area you want to use for your baby to sleep. Right, so let's get to three to six months. Three to six months, babies pushing themselves up on their arms, and that is really exciting because now they're ready to look out into the world in front of them. They've got improved head and body control. The hand and eye eye mouth coordination starts, so they start exploring things with the senses that the mouth gives them. And that mouthing will happen until 18 months of age. And the mouth is a very important sensory organ. It tells you so much more than your hands can at this stage. And then they are able to process sensory information much better. So now you can start doing more stimulation. And this is why most of the baby classes start from about two and a half, three months, because before that, it is just too much for babies. They need to just have that home time um, but from this age it's fantastic to start taking your baby out and getting them to start interacting with the world around them right so we've been through the all the, the visual scenes with the 0 to three month old now we're going to look at the auditory scenes for the three to six month old so that's listening and language one of the ways that you can do it is imitate and copy so imitate and copying your baby they do do go through that stage at about seven months where they go like this they make those sounds and that is such a fun one to do back with them. Repeat short sentences. So when, for example, you're changing a nappy, I'm changing your nappy. Where's your nappy? Here's your nappy, let's put your nappy on. So that repetition starts helping babies to understand what you're saying and to connect what you're saying with what you're doing. Labeling body parts. So when you're bathing, when you're dressing your baby, let's look at your toes, where are your fingers, let's stroke your forehead, tickle your tummy, Those are all ways to develop language and and help your baby to develop a body awareness. Then, of course, your tone of voice and facial expression and gestures. So how do you know what I'm feeling if I go, No! Am I feeling happy, cross, sad? Unhappy. If I'm, Oh, that's so cute! What would you say I'm feeling? But those expressions help your baby to understand what you're saying. So gesture stamping your feet, opening up your hands, making yourself feel excited, whatever it is, gesture. Give it to me, ta, putting your hands out. No, putting your finger out. All of that helps in understanding and developing language. Identifying sounds. So when you're in the house, you're running the bathwater. Oh, what's that noise? Remember, your baby doesn't know any of these things. He's never seen a bath or heard a bath running. So, he also starts associating bath time with the sound of the water, when the kettle's boiling, when you switch a light on, when you're outside and he hears a bird, and you look up and you say, oh, yes, that's a harida. All of that is starting to teach your baby language. Locating sounds, babies are becoming really good at pinpointing where a sound comes from at this stage. So if you do have a three- to six-month-old, give it a test and come in the door and say, hi, with their back to you, and they're going to turn to you. So they're starting to know where sounds come from. You can also make your own sound toys, I'm going to show you a few in the video, just out of little water bottles or like that box with uh, sand in it or um, rice or pasta in a little box also for, for sounds for babies to shake and bang. Rhymes and songs are wonderful for teaching language and of course it's never too early to start learning books because it's a wonderful way to start getting conversations going. So here you see the back and forth with this mum that I was talking about, imitate and copy. So you can make up any song. Your baby doesn't care what your voice sounds like. They don't care that you're getting the words wrong. You can make up your own silly rhymes, make up your own song that suits your child. But songs and rhymes are a wonderful way to interact and connect with your baby and teach language. Okay, so we've done the visual sense, we've done the auditory sense. Let's quickly look at the movement sense. This movement sense called the vestibular system is activated through movement. So as I said, if you're tipping the head in different positions, um, it works with the auditory and with the visual sense as well, and the, the, the vestibular sense can activate or calm your baby down. So as I said, when you're doing linear movements, rocking forwards and backwards, when you're bouncing your baby up and down, that's calming because it's a linear movement. When you spin your baby around or do rhythmical activities and throw them in the air and t- tip them around, that actually wakes your baby up and alerts your baby. So there's different ways that you can activate or stimulate that vestibular system. And then the positions of the head in space, so just, oh how wonderful, just hold that baby like that again. (laughs) Do you want to stand up and just show us? So she's just lifted her baby up and moved his head in a different position in space. And babies love it, and look at how she's activating the neck and back muscles. That's beautiful. And also strengthening the eyes. So, tilting baby and moving baby's head in different positions also activates and stimulates the vestibular system. Um, and then the, the vestibular system is responsible for balance. So, how do I know that I'm standing on one leg? My vestibular system's telling me that. How do I know I'm running fast? How do I know that the car is moving and everything's still outside? Or that everything is moving while I'm still? That is all related to your vestibular system. So it helps to develop muscle control and balance. And what are the things we can do to stimulate that or activate that system when our baby's a little? Well, number one is carrying. Carrying helps your baby feel close to you and connected to you. And carrying can be very calming and soothing for your baby. Also, it shows your baby other aspects of the world around him. So he starts noticing other things. He starts looking at his environment in a different way. Tilting, like the mum was just doing for us there, our beautiful model, thank you, um, is a wonderful way to strengthen the neck muscles and the eye muscles, and also teaches the baby of what is where his body is in space. Songs and rhymes you can use by bouncing your baby or tipping them upside down to activate that vestibular system. Dancing is a fantastic way to pleasurably move through space with your baby. So doing slow, calming songs will calm your baby down. Or if you want to do a rock and roll, because you're both in a good mood that day, that's going to activate and alert your baby. Bouncing helps to develop postural control. So getting those core muscles going is bouncing your baby. And if you hold your baby high up, you're giving more support. If you hold your baby lower down, they're having to work those core muscles a lot more. Bathing is a wonderful way if you can move, and swimming in a pool, holding your baby, of course. But moving through movement gives a completely different sensation and a different movement sensation. And then, of course, rolling. So you're going to see in the video how a mum holds the little one's arms and legs and rolls baby from side to side. And that helps baby to prepare for for rolling later on. Um, then just a few sort of activities that you can do. Bouncing on balls and putting your baby in different positions on balls. For example, on their tummy, on their backs, side to side, sitting on a ball. And then also making sure that you can do different movements with those balls. Bouncing on a ball, etc. Tubs and boxes, blankets, swings and hammocks, rocking chairs. Those are all things that you can use to stimulate your baby. So here are some of the activities that we've got. Walking. Tilting. Position of the head in space, dancing, moving through water, and practicing rolling. Do you see how she's just holding her little hands and feet together and how the head is moving from side to side? This is a fun way to practice rolling. Just make sure you do it on a bed, not on a hard surface. And look at the wonderful head control bouncing on a ball, pulling around in a tub to practice sitting balance and pulling on a blanket to see a completely different version of the world. Swings are wonderful at this age and yes babies at three to six months can go in a swing and of course rocking chairs are an age-old way of calming your baby down. So who would have thought that at that age you could do so many things just to simulate the sense of movement and of course in, in every video we've got for each area of development so there's lots and lots of ideas for you. Okay, at six to nine months, babies are starting to realize that they have got a huge impact on their environment, and they start banging and shaking and having a lot of fun interacting with the world around them. Um, They're also able to bring objects um, to, uh, to themselves and bang them, and they're able to start manipulating objects, and they're starting to work a lot with their hands together, which is called bilateral coordination. So some of the things that you can look at for the sense of touch, textures, weight, shape, size texture, temperature. Textures aren't just something that's rough and smooth. You can have something that's hard. You can have something that's soft. You can have fluffy toys. You can have different textures for your baby to crawl over or touch. Um, So textures are a wide variety. If you just remember weight, shape, size, texture, temperature, that covers the texture side for baby reaching. Babies are starting to reach out. And the best way to practice this and what you'll see in the video is put something just a little bit out of reach so your baby has to reach for it and develop depth perception. Don't just give it to them in their hand. Get them to work for it so that they're really developing that postural development and starting to get a bit of weight transfer in preparation for later crawling. Shaking and banging. You'll see that babies love shaking and banging. And who was the little baby, your little baby, mum with a blue top? How old is your little one? Eight months, she was banging her hand on her mom's hand, and that is just so typical of a baby at this sort of around that age. They love shaking and banging. So what do you do? You actually get them more things to shake and bang. So look at what your baby's doing, and then enhance that with toys or activities that you can. So if your baby's starting to shake and bang, give them shaking and banging activities to do. And um, grasping, they're starting to grasp. Now, I'm just going to show you with my hand. So initially, to get to that pincer grip, they're doing these sort of movements. So you can give them things like a DVD to hold, a cell phone shape, but it's this position. So holding it like that, it then eventually goes, you can hold onto the edge of a bowl, a plastic bowl, or you can eventually start holding like this, and then it starts becoming that pincer grip. And at this stage, babies are even starting to Pinch, to pull, and to tear. So, you'll see in the video some of those things. So, again, you're thinking, okay, I can see my baby starting to pinch. Right, what should I do that I can help my baby pinch with? They love shoelaces, pinching shoelaces, not actually stealing them, just pulling them with their hands. They love little cords on your shirt, they love pulling ribbons. So make sure they've got something to pull. The same with the grasping. Make sure that they, if they, they want to grasp, then give them a different shape and size objects to grasp. Um, and then tearing, babies love tearing tissue paper. Just make sure you're with them because they like putting it in their mouths. And it's a bit more difficult to tear paper, so like magazine paper. Food is a wonderful way to develop that pincer grip, especially with peas or fine things like blueberries where they're having to pick up one little blueberry at a time, develops that pincer grip. And then they start learning to let go and that's the fantastic part where they're sitting in their high chair and they start throwing everything off the high chair. And you've got to go and pick it up again. So tie a little ribbon or a piece of string on it so that it's easy for them to pull it back up again when they throw it down. Um, letting go is a great exercise. So you can also, for example, put a tin on the floor, like a tin, a cake tin, um, and show them how to drop it onto that so that it makes a noise and they get the reward for it. And they start using both hands together as well. So at this age, they start clapping, they start banging blocks together, and that is the beginning of bilateral integration, or the ability to coordinate the left and right sides of the body. Just with that reaching as well, Um, have a look on the video that I'm going to show you now of the different activities that we give you can have things that give opposition to the thumb you can have something to reach for hanging from your changing table it doesn't have to be don't put all your things that you hang your mobiles out of reach at this age. at this age, you want to put them low enough so baby can grab them and putting toys on elastics are wonderful because they bounce out when they let them go and they have to use their eyes and hands to try and coordinate again to catch it so we'll have a look at that now So different textures, grass, rubber mats, carpets, look how fascinated they are, nature, bubble wrap, and don't forget other parts of the body, textures in the bath, reach and grab, toys on elastic, and reaching for blocks. And here's a way to get your baby to learn to drop is give them something else when both hands are full. Mm. In motor development, babies are starting to learn how to use their muscles and their joints and their bodies and work out how they move in space and how they fit in big big and small spaces, etc. And so we've done from 0 to three months, we did visual. Three to six months, we did auditory and we did movement. Six to nine months, we did touch. And so for this one, we're going to just look at motor development. So again, what you do is you look at what your baby is at and what they're doing, and then you try and enhance that activity. So we've got sitting games, crawling games. Then babies learn to pull to stand. Then they learn to stand on their own become much more mobile and independent and they start squatting. So that squatting activity is when they bend down and up to get something. And there's some activities in the video that you can see. So when baby starts learning to squat, they're strengthening their legs and they're starting to learn how to transfer weight. So you want to give them lots of activities that encourage them and enable them to strengthen those legs. So you'll see on the video one of the mums, she puts something on the table and baby goes up to fetch it and then she puts it on the ground and baby goes down to fetch it. She puts it back up again and so you can see baby having to practice that. Another game is that a mum puts a, um, we use tape for, for the fine motor skills and she sticks the tape on the baby's foot And baby picks the tape off by squatting, picking it up, and mom then puts it up high on the window. And baby then stretches and reaches for it and pulls it off, and mom puts it on her foot, and she bends down again. So it's a nice little exercise. With crawling, which I didn't go through with you, is giving your baby different things to crawl over and different textures to crawl on. And then with walking, just one tip that I want to just um, say is babies need to get a forward momentum when they start walking. So it doesn't help to hold your baby with his hands here and you pulling him backwards like this because that's not natural in the way we walk. So it's better to hold your baby with his hands forwards and walk like that with your baby facing you. And that's why babies do well with those pushing trolleys because that's how they get that forward momentum going. Okay, so we're going to have a quick look. With sitting, what you're wanting to do is encourage babies to move out of sitting because they're getting better hip control and they've got better core stability. And so you want to, this is what this mom's doing here. She's moving the toys out of the area. Hey, look, that's Epimax. How fabulous. Where's Epimax? Did you see? (laughs) You see, when you're finished with your Epimax, you can use the containers to stimulate your baby. (laughs) Putting toys out of reach to encourage your baby to move out of that position. Rolling a toy away to get them out of system. Crawl with baby with rolling objects and rolling toys on textures and over cushions to build strength and coordination. Climbing over different things like rolled up blankets or pillows or yoga mats over lilos, That's very unstable, so you've got to balance well on that. And tubes. Practice climbing up and down steps and make your own obstacle courses at home. Encourage crawling under and through to develop body space awareness. Climbing out of things is great exercise and also builds strength and coordination. Pulling up on you, also a great exercise. Low walls, sofas. Um, Standing on you helps to activate the small muscles of the feet. Standing while dressing, Then, if you want them to let go, you can put it on the other side and they have to step across. Then just walking on different textures, so the feet become much more sensitive, and that also helps to develop the small muscles in the feet to become more sensitive and to balance these out. I just want to end off. Mothering can be exhausting, challenging, rewarding, joyful, heartbreaking, frustrating. There's so much personal growth that happens in mothering. It's overwhelmingly rewarding. It can be absolutely frustrating. It can be hilarious. And it can be actually everything that you choose it to be. So take time, be kind to yourself and your baby, and enjoy the ride. Every single last little minute of it. I hope you had fun with this presentation. Every child's milestone
0: is their own. But from an expert, let's say something should have been, you should be walking right now and you should
1: be crawling right now. How do we know? Yeah, well, you can look it up. There are milestones written everywhere and anywhere. But Ilana's right. Babies do have their own stages of development and often it's genetic You know, if you walked at 16 months, your baby is more likely to walk at 16 months too. Milestones are very important, though, because they can indicate that you might need to go for therapy and you might need to just see, is my baby doing okay? Um, So I think you've got to trust your gut. Someone was saying earlier about the importance of trusting your gut. And if you feel that there's something not quite right, go and get it checked out. But at the same time, don't be fixated by milestones. Rather enjoy the time that you've got with your baby and do the stimulation activities that you can. And join the classes because that'll also give you an idea of more or less, what do I expect at what age with with babies? Not that I'm saying compare yourself to other babies, but it does give you a very good feel of, you know, I, I feel like I'm sort of on par here. My baby is managing. So milestones, yes, they are important. And as a therapist, I would say that because... We see babies in therapy that maybe if, you know, you can pick it up, if you pick it up early, it's so easy to correct little things. Whereas if you wait until a child is in grade one and you've left it for that length of time, it's much more difficult for that child to catch up. And there's certain windows of opportunity that you don't want to miss. To me, it's that balance of being sensible, not being panicked about things, and trusting your gut and knowing when you really think there is something and when there isn't. Milestones are important and don't compare yourself to another baby because they will be different, definitely. Yeah.
0: I'm so glad as a mom and as a professional, you talked about gut and that feeling that you have inside. Liz knows a story and I'd like to share with you as well. Two years, four years ago, I had a daughter, Esther, and she is the ultimate kid. I mean, she, she can sync the Samsung TV with a phone, you know, like she, she, she gets into the car and she's like, mommy, I don't want to listen to that music. Can you play me Prince Kiss. Okay, that's her music taste at the moment. So she listens to James. But then on the other side, I've got my two-year-old, who is little Annie, you know. Annie is vibrant. She says, I'm a not the baby, but she is a baby. And she's this tall kid. And about a year ago, we, it was recommended that she goes to OT because she was sensitive to sound. And she was walking around the house like this with her hands over her ears. And we started working together because we wanted to figure out this little kid that is now sensitive to pasta and water and wet. And no, my body hurts. I don't want to close. I don't know want to close. And then eventually, we enrolled the OT process and Yovani was very supportive about it. Speak to your teachers. Okay, you're the boss. You're the boss. They helped me. They worked with me. And we got certain exceptions. Not because we're on TV and radio, but because we have a little girl that needs attention. And then... one morning I said to her, open your mouth. Ah, she opens. And her tonsils were sitting on her mouth, like on her tongue, like right here in the front. And we've all got iPhone, right? So we know what healthy tonsils looks like. Healthy tonsils looks like yours. Unhealthy tonsils, you can see on their tongue. It's red or it's pussy. It's got white spickles. We had her tonsils removed. Three weeks later, Annabelle walks in without a nappy. I don't know where I'm nappy. She can touch anything she wants, the fine motor is fine, textures are okay, and all of a sudden my daughter can speak. I've got this blog that I'm gonna write that is called, your child doesn't always need OT, it's tonsillitis. (laughs) Because that's all it was, right? Now Annie is the class captain because if all the other babies are crying, she goes over to them and gives them hugs, right? Wait, they're speaking about my child, one moment. (laughs) She's dead girl. And he's the head girl.
1: I didn't say it. Who do we listen to? Do you know what I love about that? Is it's just sometimes not looking for the extreme problem that it could be, but going back to basics. And that really, it just clicked with me when you told me that uh, when we had that conversation. Is you know, if you, your child isn't talking, it could literally just be, be because his ears are blocked, but not necessarily because he's got this huge developmental problem and he's got. It's so important to get those basics. If your child, you know, check that they can see, that they can hear, this, their health is right. Because it could be simple as, something as simple as that that's creating other problems, and you're thinking, oh, my child's got a learning problem, and it isn't. And it honestly, to me, it was such a, um, a clear thing of how parents can, we get so overwhelmed by thinking that our child could be having all these extreme problems when it can be something as simple as tonsillitis. And that, if that hadn't been checked out properly, you would be going to speech therapy for five years. Uh, you know, so it really is important to do those checks, to have your baby's ears tested and their vision tested um, in those early stages.
0: Clamber Club, you have to check it out. Liz, you're amazing.